Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. They had to do say something big was happening and uh, to, to justify their actions, which I think is going to obviously backfire again on them. Okay, I am going to read very quickly from my dad's Bible. I start every single show with reading from my father's Bible. And uh, I turn today to Psalms 146. And there's a couple scriptures that my dad underlined on this page. He underlined, well, Psalms 144:15. Happy are the people that are in such a case. Yea, happy are that people whose God is the Lord. Why? Because our God is powerful. Our God is a just God and he is a vindicator and he is able to move powerfully in a day, in a moment. When he feels the time is right, he will move. And we pray for that for our guests today. And then on Psalms 147, it says, God tells the number of the stars. He calls them all by their names. So if God knows the names of the stars, I can bet he knows each and every one of our names. He also knows the number of hairs on our head, and, and he knows exactly what we're going through. I want to welcome Granny Mackay to the screen. And Granny, you have such an incredible uh, guest for us today. Thank you for advocating for the Coots 4 tirelessly, uh, just, just with such vigor and such courage. You are the one who's getting their stories out and who's making sure uh, that they're taken care of, and you put together, uh, you know, GoFundMe pages so that we can get some some access for funds. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me again. And to be honest, I look to the day. I love you, Laura Lynn, but I am looking to the day this is done. Gone <laughs> when you're not <laughs> on the screen. I know, and and you've had to take some real personal hits for it. I I, I understand that. Um, you you are always in touch with the Coots Four, and uh, Tony is with you right now. Uh, he's called you, and we just want to say, Tony, how are you? Can Hello, Loverlin. I'm doing well, thank you. Good, how Tony. Are you doing? Uh, we're we're doing okay, but more importantly, how are you? What is Christmas like in jail? I I, I think it's a bit tough. Yeah, it's been uh, quite the. Uh, the journey but uh i mean i'm so grateful for, for so many wonderful patriots and and god-loving people out there that have given me the courage and strength to weather this storm and so i've made the best of my time being here incarcerated and uh i've i others with my testimony to to see the light and and come to the lord and and be true to their hearts and so i think this is part of my journey, and I am I'm grateful to actually be here. As crazy as that might sound, I do feel that I'm doing good things here to help others and uh, and helping to uni unify our country, which we just need to continue doing because it's just a continuation from from the glorious uh, Freedom Convoy, you know, 22 months ago that we all. Uh, endured and, and got to witness firsthand that just feel like this is a continuation of that love and glory that we're all going through so i can't you, do it without you guys and again I'm, I'm so grateful for all the letters i've received a whole massive uh tranche of letters uh on christmas eve exactly the same as i did last uh -huh. year so it was it was the best christmas present i could ask for is to have everyone uh, share their support and love and stories and and uh inspiration it inspires me and 
and it inspires them. And so we, we just feed off each other's love. And I think it's just, it's, it's wonderful. It's truly wonderful. Tony, it, it's been really amazing for me to know that uh, you're a Christian and, and you speak to God and God is with you and that he's helping you through this time, just like with Daniel in the Bible and Joseph, they spent time in prison and Paul the Apostle did and uh, wrongfully accused, I might add. And uh, I wonder if you can very briefly, we've gone over your story a little bit, but I do know, like, I want to get to the point of a, a recent SOS that uh, Granny Mackay sent out and and how that, you know, has been resolved. But, um, I, you know, I've read a few of your communications. It's been difficult. Um, t tell us, for those who go, man, I didn't even know who, who's, who's these guys in jail, four guys in jail. Um, it's kind of just like the J6ers, um, the, the U.S. version. Uh, you basically got arrested what date, Tony? On the February 13th of 2022, right around uh, uh, 10, 10 p.m. in the evening, so just, just before midnight. Okay, and were you arrested at the same time as all the other guys, the three others? It was all sporadically spaced out in time. It wasn't all together. Uh, some of us were half an hour apart and, and then to uh, a couple hours. And then uh, the last guy was the following day, uh, not even not even near the Coots protest. Uh, he was just driving to work on the Monday morning in, in Calgary, actually. So four and a half hours away from uh, from the Coots uh, border. Right. Now they have leveled accusations and charges against you that are very serious. Tell us about that and uh, how you feel about this. Yeah, I think I think it all obviously is a giant ploy, uh, biased opinions. Uh, you know, in my situation, I'll speak for myself. I'm standing with 500 people, wonderful protesters. We're standing there watching children play street hockey. We had a Christian band uh, playing gospel music. We had uh, family-orientated events happening. And uh, as you've probably seen with, you know, hundreds of videos and, and you know, the same thing as what happened in Ottawa, you got, you got heavily armed police. Uh, they're the ones standing there all you know, with with, uh, with their firearms, and, and we're like, well, you know, we're just here being peaceful and loving and, and trying to just get our message across. All we want to do is just have somebody come and, and say hello to us and, and talk to us, listen to our concerns. So I think they, they dropped all these extra charges on us just to, to try to make a point to silence uh, the people in the movement and... Uh, Unfortunately for them, yeah, it's uh, turned around on them and it's bringing us together even more. So just the ludicrousy of, uh, of what they've charged us with is, is so outrageous. And, uh, you know, and then the costs that we've accumulated and the lawyers we've gone through, you know, I think the total of 12 lawyers we've gone through between the four of us. And, and in my situation alone, probably between the, the five lawyers that I've had, I'm, I'm right around the $600,000 mark. And uh, when I sit here in custody and talk to other inmates who who hear my story, it just it blows their mind. Going, I can't believe how much money you spent, and you're still in jail. And then I, you know they tell me stories of, well, they know guys that had way way worse charges and and first degree murder charges, or actually, you know, they have victims and, and all this, and and they fought their cases and 
for way less, way, 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 way less. You know, so it's just like it's so it seems it's totally political, obviously, as we know, and uh, and I think it's part of this agenda driven for them to uh, invoke the Emergencies Act, which was they had to they had to do say something big was happening and uh, to to justify their actions, which. I think is going to obviously backfire again on them because once we have our day finally in court where we get to show our truth and disclosure behind things, it's going to paint a totally different picture of what they're allegating we, we've been doing and what have we done and all that stuff. It's, it's going to show the truth and it's going to show that, uh, you know, that they've really took things out of context and blew things way out of proportion to try to silence uh, the Canadian public, which, uh, as we know, is uh, is not going to fare well for them. So we'll just pray that they, uh, you know, there's good people still in, in, the, in the system, and we just got to pray for them to come forward and, uh, and, and tell the truth and be the whistleblowers and, and uh, and uh, bring the light to the situation that you can't just, you know, doing this to us, we represent the 40 million, I guess it's 40 and a half million people in Canada now. So 40.5 you know, million, you're right. Being as corrupt and crooked as it is, it, it represents, uh, it represents uh, a lot of people. So I think uh, that's going to help bring people that aren't aware or maybe the people that aren't truly, you know, on our side. It's going to prove to them that, you know their system isn't 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 uh, pure and righteous. It's it's uh, driven by a, a biased, and opinionated, evil agenda, so to say. Yep. I just want to say thank you so much, Tony, for for coming on the show with Granny and telling us your side. I know you are pleading not guilty, and what you're saying is the treatment has been really unfair. Like, what have you learned about how other people get treated? First of all, you were kept in a remand center, and what's wrong with being in a remand center as opposed to be being moved to a regular prison for you? Well, a remand center, a lot of people in their letters ask me, like they share their email addresses, for an example, and they're like, oh yeah, and here's, read this story and this book and that. And I'm like, I would love to, but we have absolutely no access to internet. So just for people's uh, knowledge, we, we can't access, access the internet and uh, all the literature, it's all fiction except for the Bible, of course, but there's nothing here that's uh, designed to educate and help inmates. Uh, everything here is, is uh, it's, it's fictional in our, in our books and uh, we just get mainstream media, which we all know, so is uh, not telling the truth either. But being in remand, it's, there's there's no real programs. You're pretty much just uh, in most cases where I've been in Medicine Hat here, it's been one of the better institutions because uh, we have quite a bit of free time. But still, we're we're you know maybe only out eight hours a day total. Uh, the rest of the time we're locked up. But every time I go back to court for pre-trial hearings, I get put in in, in solitary confinement because they can't. Uh, Put us together because the other two gentlemen are in Lethbridge and each of them are on a different general population range even though we were all together at one point for five months and then they uh, separated us all last minute the judge decided uh, there's a no contact order and it's like well but then you're trying us all together but yet we're not allowed to talk to each other even though we were together right from the beginning and so it seems just 
a way to try to break our spirits and uh, and uh, beat us down. But so we just gotta keep uh, you know pushing forward through things, and uh, and that's where I, I lean back on the Bible for for that spiritual muscle and courage that it, it does give me, right? And it, uh, it gives me that armor to to deflect all these negative uh, attacks that uh, the system has tried to do. You know, I've suffered from from gut problems and digestion problems and 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 here we are we're helping to expose the corruption here behind these institutions like you know just trying to get simple probiotics uh from the alberta health services it's it was a battle that i couldn't have done without the help from everyone calling the health minister and, and the jail and uh setting up uh meetings and appointments and filing uh documentation against the alberta health it's the simple things like that, and a lot of inmates are going through the same thing. They just, they're coming off the streets. The majority of them are all suffering from drug addiction, and so they want to get healthy and to, uh, get better here where they can, that helps them do that. Like, the, like for an example, uh, the canteen, there's nothing healthy. Everything's sugar drinks or sugar, uh, sugar-based sugar foods, and nothing healthy for them to get stronger and and uh, and then there's you know situations like people just want mel- melatonin to sleep uh, a sleeping aid a natural sleeping aid but they'll only prescribe you uh, you know an antidepressant or something like that like some pharma- it's all pharmaceutical pharmaceutical that's all they want to push 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 and so these you know these remands are a place to uh, design to uh, break a human mind and spirit and uh, and then f- to take a deal or make a plea or to then sentence you to uh, to, a, to a federal prison or something like that, where they have, you know, I heard in one federal prison, uh, Bowdoin, for an example, uh, it's got a nine-hole golf course. So, you know, the sex Hang on a second. Uh, all the real monsters like that yeah. can go and have a nine-hole golf course and, and live pretty Okay, we've got you a double feedback right now. Fair time where, Does Tony where hear us? Oh, just sec, Tony. Tony, just a second. Yeah, uh, we're hearing the show twice somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's nothing new in my end. Yes. Okay, uh, just keep going, Tony. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Tony, if you can remember. <laughs> yeah, keep on going. Yeah, yeah. sure. So. I don't maybe fire me another question. I think I maybe exhausted that one a little bit. Tell, tell us about the treatment, yeah, that you're getting because a lot of guys come into Reman and they go out, and you're uh, still there, or or you've been moved now. Yeah, I understand. Exactly. Yeah, we we noticed that too. We've been all denied bail, uh, obviously, uh, which seems totally outrageous considering uh, we see every day every day uh you know like real monsters are getting bail uh quite easily and and getting their sentences even reduced and, and all that and even and even guys that you know you have one minute remaining for this call and even guys that have done just you know petty Actually, stupid little mistakes uh, they're just getting picked on by the system as well and, and getting really hammered for, for for stuff like more or less to just keep it seems like a business you know it seems like these institutions are always run at the maximum uh, capacity there's, 
They're always full. There's never empty cells. Does Tony have any more time today, or is he done? Yeah. Tony, can are you going to be able to call back? Yeah, I can call back. Okay. Now, okay. One more. Yeah. Okay, call All back. Right. See you in a minute. Okay, bye. Um, uh, Granny Mackay, uh, thank you so much. This is wonderful. I don't, I don't want to miss being able to ask Tony some more questions and also about how in, you know, how important and impactful your relationship has been. You didn't know any of these guys, right? You just, you just basically thought someone's got to help them and speak for them because the injustice has been so heavy. My wildest dreams never saw this going to happen. Um, back in, like I said, coming home from Ottawa, uh, both you and I saw the lies of the government, lies of the media, and the brutality of the officers. And um, my gut told me there's, oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah. My Go gut ahead. told you me there were lies and lots of them. Yes. Yes. And, well, we really appreciate that you've done that. And I've gotten these same calls from Tony and I appreciate it. And I've been able to, you know, get get some word from Tony um, here and there. And so I just really appreciate that uh, that he'll give us some time today. We want to make sure everyone understands that there are four guys that were, that were arrested. Uh, how many days there, JT? We've got a thing. And... Uh, you keep 682. Track of, right. You keep track of every single day, uh, uh, Granny, and I really appreciate you keeping us all up to date on that. So, Tony, um, like, why would you still be in? There's been charges leveled against you, but there's a lot of people that get charges, then they get out, you wait for a trial. Like, this is ridiculous. Can you hear that, Tony? Right. A lot of people get out, uh, Tony. They get, you know, they, they get out, they wait for trial. Um, you could have lots of things. You could have one of those uh, things put on you if they think you're oh so dangerous. You are pleading not guilty. And do you feel that the court uh, system has been fair? Have they been fair to you the same way as any other uh, person that's been, you know, charged with something? Well, I could say we... Like during our bail, uh, we put up the maximum amount of everything that you could put up that other inmates uh, would not even come close to it. Uh, I, we put up hundreds of thousands of dollars in surety. We put up full house arrest. And, uh, and I had another gentleman that was, was going to post a million-dollar cash bail on top of that. And they turned it all down with a blind eye. And uh, and nor and I had a business, a trucking company, an excavating company, to go and operate with full-time employees. And normally, those are the things that they ask all these other inmates. Oh, if you got a job, yep, it's a it's a good chance that you're going to get out. They want to see people, you know, being productive in their community. And it's like, well, I had all of that times ten, and uh, and no criminal record, no violent history, no history whatsoever and uh completely just denied and so it just seems and just even the judge's demeanor changed going from the bail hearing to when he decided to give his decision on on the on the bail he he pretty much just read it from a script he never made eye contact and he just seemed like a total different person 
when he uh, read that all out that were denying my bail. So I feel that there's definitely, uh, you know, some higher evil power that was pulling strings to keep us silent so we can't, like, uh, fairly defend ourselves. Like, without the people, I don't know what would happen. We'd be, we'd be stuck. We'd be, we'd be stuck here because, we, like I said, we don't have no internet. You can't research nothing. All the lawyers uh, that I've gone through uh, just tell us to be hush hush, not say anything, don't speak out, don't uh, talk about your situation. And I'm like, well, well, that's not then working. How are we supposed to educate the public to bring awareness. It doesn't make sense, but now it makes sense. I just feel, you know, they're all under the same bar association, and they uh, are all part of the same uh, group. They don't want to uh, ruffle any feathers amongst themselves, so they. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll fight tooth and nail to protect the very system that's keeping even them in, in slavery, which, you know, it's crazy to think, but... Uh, You're right. Uh, what kind of pathetic lawyers? I'm sorry, but $600,000, Tony, uh, and, and you're sitting there and nothing's, you know, like this is, uh, uh, I'm, I question what's happening. You know, uh, somebody should get the names of these people and never ever use them for anything because I'm sorry, but this, this is so enraging to me. $600,000. What the heck's going on for all that money? I know that's the, that's the big million dollar question. And I mean, a lot of that money was my personal money and as well as hardworking donated money from Patriots like you guys have, have helped me with. And it just felt like a never ending black hole and so finally, I just, I had to question it and I finally got a, you know, a, an invoice and, uh, and I just had to just question things. And, uh, and that's when the lawyer got upset with me and thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking her legal advice. And so this last go around is when she pretty much said she's, uh, she's walking away from the case. And so leaving me high and dry and, uh, and. Are you allowed to say your name, Tony? Are you allowed no, to say this woman's name? To show for. Yeah. I, um, I'm sure there's ways to, to find out, but um, th this is appalling, and uh, lots of people have, you know, haven't had 600000 for it. And that's basically, you're saying, just from yourself, right, Tony? Never mind what the other guys have had to go through? Yeah, this is my total... This is total between the five lawyers I had around 600. For the majority, though, my my last lawyer, it's been right around the five hundred and fifty thousand dollar mark. The first previous lawyers I've spent uh, with uh, with retainers and uh, and costs to run the bail. Like I had different lawyers for that. Uh, all that is the extra fifty thousand somewhere in that neighborhood of just money that's just been completely gone. You know, like and it just seems. It seems just uh, very weird, like talking again to other inmates, and then they're saying, you know, they use the same law firm, and they have to put up a $5,000 uh, retainer, whereas I had to put a $50,000 retainer. It's like, so, you know, I think they look at it like they they, they analyze and see what kind of uh, what kind of value you have, and that's what they base their, their legal work on, and it's it's so corrupt in every way. Like, how is that even a fair justice system? 
How pathetic. Well, I'd, I'd love you to share the information of, of, you know, what law firm this is, and I can give them a call and see if they'd like to give a comment, you know, on uh, your statement of what they've had, you know, what you've had to pay for and where this is going. But um, moving moving on from that, Tony, because we don't only we only have a limited amount of time with you. Um, the you you talk about the judge. I mean, the judge should be an impartial adjudicator who is looking at the case on its merits and is dealing. But you're getting the feeling that this is a politically driven case, and that the judge might be under some pressure, whether uh, socially or you know in the public eye. Um, and also governmentally, because, of course, we've got Trudeau at the top of this wanting you guys to be convicted. Um, so do you think that, that this makes your case even that much more treacherous? I'd just like to make something clear. Um, yeah. There's been two lawyers, or two judges. The bail hearing judge at the start is a different judge than the judge that's trying the case. So there's two separate judges here. Okay, and then and so you have a judge now, and is that uh, that judge Granny? He's he's out in the public, like the papers quote him and all of that. What's that? Sorry, the Marilyn? the uh, the papers quote this judge. His name. I would imagine it's out there publicly. We're but probably best not to say names right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we, we want the judge to, to be on good terms, but it does sound like like these are politically driven cases and it's very disturbing in the end because at the end of this, we want to see justice done for Canadian, for the Canadian guys. And um, so, Tony, what is the next steps then? What do you, what are your next times in court? Okay, first of all, I'll say, uh We've had a total of uh, three judges, three judges in our bail hearings. I think one judge did two of our bail hearings and two of the other judges. We all had a, like, I had a separate judge and uh, I can't remember for sure, but I know there's been three judges in the bail proceedings that uh, have denied all our bails. And uh, we do have now a, a, this pretrial judge who I feel has been, who's been, pretty down the center like he's I, I feel he's got a good heart and he is um, he's going to be an honest and fair judge For, that's what I, I I feel truly so I think uh, we'll see how that plays out but moving forward uh, as I, I don't have I'm not represented by any law firm right at the moment uh, and I haven't decided yet exactly what my plan is going to be. I have to make a decision by that on January 8th when I have to appear in person again to, to make that decision. So I'm still uh, debating my options. Well, it seems to me and, with $600,000 with $600,000 of, of work done already, um, you probably have all of your defense prepared uh i'm assuming you would have like the the details so maybe you just have to speak for yourself and throw yourself at the mercy of the court because you know either uh so some people are asking what you're charged with and i know granny mckay has told us but isn't it a conspiracy um can can you give us the charges that have been leveled and are they the same against all the guys 
uh, Tony, well, the, the one that's um, amongst all four men is conspiracy to murder RCMP officer. Right. And to that's the one that's linking them. Not guilty. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then I guess what? Mischief charges, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's maybe is, do you think that Tony, that's what's kind of kept you in because they've got these, you know, a big sounding, very big sounding charge against you. And even if you're completely innocent, which we believe you are, um, and, and we believe for an outcome to, to prove that, vin bring full vindication. But because of this charge, uh, you have been in jail, you know, 680 days or 620 days, basically a thousand bucks a day. Oh, 682, right. I mean, at $600,000, you know, it's just under a thousand bucks a day that, you know, in lawyer's fees, it's cost you to be there. Um, so maybe that's why this is a particularly uh, difficult, but yet you haven't been treated the same as, as other people. And a remand is, yeah, and a remand is a holding cell. Like it's, it's not meant to house people for 682 days. So, right. Like Tony could explain that a little yeah. bit better. Like well, ask Tony, ask Tony, because he's probably having a hard time hearing me over the phone, but just ask him to, you know, tell us anything he wants the public to know right now. And um, before we let him go. Anything you want to say, Tony? What I'd like to let the, okay, yeah, just pretty much, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful, love you all, the support is truly the biggest thing that keeps me going and gives me the courage holding the line. I feel, I feel good things are coming in 2024 and we need to just keep holding, holding steady for that and, and not letting our own rightful selves get in the way of things. Uh, we need to reunify like we did on those days uh, when we stood on overpasses and on the streets of Ottawa and at the Coots border. And, uh, and there's so many small um, communities of Freedom Community members that are scattered all across the country and across the world. And I think we just need to keep bringing them together and, and keep standing and voicing our opinion. And it, it's so heartwarming to hear all the stories that people tell me of. I bought a, I bought a bumper sticker from Granny. I got it on my car, and I was at a grocery store, and then I met some random person who rolled their shopping cart up and sparked a conversation about the, the bumper stickers. And, and so when I hear all them, that just gives me so much inspiration to weather this storm, and I am making the best out of it. Just like you've probably heard before, Chris Carver and I, when I was with him in Lethbridge, we, we started a Bible study together, and we helped other inmates. I felt like we did more for inmates than what the system is doing for inmates. Inmates have a story to tell, and I feel this is part of my, my journey uh, throughout all of this, is uh, to bring awareness to what's really going on behind these walls, and the people need to know for the inmates' sake, because you know there is a lot of good people here. Uh, no matter what, there is good hearts, and there's a lot of people that need their story told and they need justice to be brought. True justice needs to happen and true change needs to happen. And we can only do that together uh, as one, you know, that's their whole way that they can 
that they're trying is to install fear and and conquer and divide us. And so we need to uh, be better than them and stand up and, and follow in God's word and love. And that's what's going to help drive it uh, home where it'll be uh, very glorious uh, days soon to come, I feel. When you were doing those Bible studies, did you see the impact on the other uh, inmates? Yes. Yes, we sure did. We've, I've had, uh, I've had grown men that have, uh, you know, been committed for murder and assault and, uh, you know, robbery and all these things. I've had men like that break down with tears in their eyes and, and repent. And I could just feel that a true page has been turned in their heart. And so seeing that, it just, it melted my heart because I know there's, there's hope for everybody. Everybody has a chance and uh, it's just a matter of us doing that work and, and having those conversations with people and planting those seeds and, and being there for one another. And it's, it's simple as, it's as simple as that. Just even listening to somebody tell their story or tell their life experiences, that's all they really want is just somebody to listen and hear and, and help. So, yeah, I feel, uh, you know, that's what really, really inspires me too. And I look forward to kind of each day being in jail here right now, just because I, is it another day where I can help another guy out and, and help them uh, change their path in life? Yeah. So I, wow. yeah, I, I, look at, I look at all the positive that, that can come out of it. And there is a lot of positive. You get really being in jail, I've learned to be very grateful for the smallest things because, and remember, I had everything on the outs. I had a wonderful company, farm to operate, uh, you know, great clientele. I was traveling all the time. I was working. I love working. I love meeting the people. To have all that taken away to now being, your my life consists of everything I can fit into a laundry bag and a couple paper bags like that's my life so my couple bibles my bible courses my my letters and, my, and from people and uh, my, my 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 laundry roll and my grays and my uh, coveralls and my shoes and like so that's everything i have right now is, is that's what it is so everything that we get in here we're it just teaches a person to be so grateful. You know, you get an extra butter on your tray or you get an extra orange or, or something mm-hmm. like that. It, you really become humble knowing it's, you know, I'm at the mercy. I'm at the mercy of of the, the institution to provide us. And, you know, and so it's, it's we're very grateful for everything we get. And we can only thank God for that because that's uh, the only way that good things are happening is through his hands. I kind of feel like um, your destiny is tied up in this very difficult trial that from this, you're going to get out, you're going to be set free, uh, and you're going to have an opportunity to use this very difficult thing to impact a lot of people in Canada. I I believe your story is going to go worldwide. Yes. I've uh, I've had... uh the great honor to have Tamara Leach come and sit in, uh, in the visitor room. And so I've got to see her here and her and I have talked about that exact situation of, you know, I, I, I've even told her and told many others that I think my trucking days, uh, have, have, 
are complete, as much as I miss trucking and miss uh, running heavy equipment, I do feel when I get out, there is a, a greater a greater priority to maintain, uh, you know, we our freedoms and rights, and we need to be spokespersons to to share that, share our testimony, and how I planned on maybe doing it. Uh, I threw this out there uh, with Tamara and I, so she's a musician as well as I am. We were just maybe thinking on doing a, a cross-country tour uh, and have a freedom concert uh, at every single venue and every barn and every gathering in town. And you have one minute remaining for this call. And just, and just be able to meet everybody, as many people as I can, and, and give out all the hugs. I, I owe a lot of hugs out there. To, yeah, so I, especially to, to Granny, Mackay. Yeah, Especially I, to I Granny, who's fighting to for you. Yeah. What What do you think about um, Granny just taking her life and turning it upside down to help you guys? Granny's been a God-blessing angel to us. And, uh, yeah, she's she's the next-level patriot that uh, stood, stood out there while other people didn't know or other people shunned away. She was running towards the fire, so to say. So... All my respect and love to Granny Mackay, and uh, yeah, she's uh, my family now from until till the end. Amen. Yeah, you know, uh, so we're all going to be praying for you, Tony, and we know that the you're going to get cut off. We love you, brother. Thank you for yeah, uh, standing strong. for this call. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So what an inspiration! What an inspiration to hear him talking like that, um, Granny, regarding. Um, you know, like just making the best of it. Um, I'm just really quite taken. He's he's something, isn't he? And Chris, he's a very yeah. He's a special yeah. man, that's for sure. He is. He is. And the others that I've spoken to as well, like just they're they're standing strong. They're doing their best. Uh, not everyone would have Tony's kind of demeanor after being stuck in in jail for 682 days. Um, and, and so this is an ongoing, very difficult thing. And you recently put out an SOS because you were just very concerned about the treatment that Tony was getting. Yeah, it was very confusing um, because they were there in Lethbridge for one day of court when the lawyer quit. And um, Jerry got sent back to Calgary immediately. You know, that I think it was a day later. And they kept Tony nine more days in segregation and then all of a sudden we realized if he doesn't get out of lethbridge out of segregation he's going to be there through the holidays because they shut down and i thought oh my gosh we got to do something so i went out and i put sos across it and i came out blasting and i said start please start phoning the remand please start phoning the justice minister respectfully and politely and uh, people did. And uh, Tony got back to Medicine Hat, which they do. They say they do, will not go directly from Lethbridge to Medicine Hat, but they did. They got him back there. And he was able to be back, which is his normal place. And uh, so the power of the people, there's something yes, to it. There is. Like when people make these respectful calls or, you know, uh, let them know they're watching. We're watching what you're doing with these guys. And I think that Canada, 
the, the entire justice system, the political system needs to be on notice. We're now, we're taking very special note of what you're doing with these four men. And yes. let's get a trial. Let's get all the information. Uh, there was that envelope that was supposed to be opened or whatever. What's happened with that now, Granny, again? It's sealed. And the decision of the envelope is sealed. You can't talk about anything. The envelope basically wasted two to three months of time. It cost Tony $200,000 of lawyer fees. And you're not allowed to talk about it, period. It's a bunch of, yeah. it makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. Or does it? Yeah, right. You know, um, we're seeing this kind of thing happen worldwide uh, where justice systems have an agenda. They have a, a side and the side of freedom and those that have fought for freedom is not really the side that is popular necessarily. And the papers don't seem to cover it. Do you think that coverage on this, on these four guys, is it uh, any good? Is it happening or they don't bother? They don't care? It's like, um, it's like they don't exist. If they do, they'll dig up an old something from 20 years ago, yeah. you know, that's totally irrelevant to today. They could be talking about due process. They could be talking about health issues. They could be talking about, you should not be in a remand center for 682 days. There's many topics that could come to, to uh, light with the media, but they don't want to talk about it. So why? You know, MOCA is the only accredited media that sits in those those seats. Nobody else comes out. You know, even Rebel. Uh -oh. Frozen. There you go. Yep, you're back. Am I frozen? No, you were. You were just for a second. But you're back. Yeah. So, so MOCA, so yeah. They, they, uh, so they're giving you a little bit. Is that an independent or we had a tweet from them? Used to be with Rebel, right? Yes, and he's on his he's on his own now. Okay, good for him. Good for him. That that's what we need is the rise in independent media, everybody, and that's why we do what we're doing. Because CBC, CTV, is there a problem? CBC, CTV, Global is not uh, covering um, is not covering this stuff, and uh, and and we need independent sources to be getting the story out about the two Chris's, Tony and Jeremy. And what's going on? And how else do we get that except you? And I want everyone to be able to follow you too, Granny Mackay. So where, because you have uh, chats with Tony, um, you bring him in from jail. And where where can people follow that? Yeah, if you go to the Political Prisoners of Alberta on Facebook, that's yeah. the main hub where I will share information from. I'm all. It's also on. Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. We try to get out as much as we can wherever we can. Okay, and is um, that the same name? Yes, Alberta polit or Political Prisoners of Alberta. Political Prisoners of Alberta. Okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, what what before I let you go, um, Granny? Like, what what is this doing to your spirit? Are you encouraged? Because Tony sounds really great. Like, we got to get him out of there. We got to pray hard for justice, mm -hmm. but I'm so encouraged that he 
you know, even in this trial, he is, um, he's standing strong. So how are you feeling bearing this Brent? Well, it, it has its moments, that's for sure. Um, you take some personal hits, but you know, somebody will say to me, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great because I'm not in jail. You know, that's kind of how I feel these days. Um, I have freedom. It may not be the freedom that everybody wants out here, but we are free. We are not locked behind a, a door in a remand center. So we need to keep talking and we need to keep moving forward. We must keep talking about these four men until they are on the other side of that closed door. This, this isn't an option anymore. We have to come together. And it, it like I said, it's had its impact on my life. But that's okay. This is good versus evil. This mm. is a much bigger picture. And as you know, um, I talk with Chris Carbert and Tony about scripture and Bible study. And we've bonded that way. And I've bonded with many Christians. They are our power. We, we, we come together. It's, you know, there's only one, one God out there and he's in our corner. Amen. He is. He's on the side of justice. So everyone at home, please join with Granny and I praying for the four guys, 682 days in jail, uh, not a fair court proceeding at all. Uh, it looks like evidence is being dismissed. Um, all kinds of stuff's happening. But let's also pray for this judge. Let's pray that this judge is a man of truth, and that he is able to see through the nonsense. Let's pray that this judge literally can't sleep at night because he has to do the right thing. No matter what pressures are out there, and we believe he will, we believe he will, but that God would even give him dreams, that God would show him the truth, that God would help him to see through uh, the lies, any deception that's being presented by the prosecution, anything that's not correct, that this judge would, would deal truly and rightly in the courts of Canadian uh, provinces, and that this would be uh, dealt with sooner than later, because we need to get this, you know, going. This is too long. This is too long. It's soon gonna be two years, right? No trial, no completed trial. $600,000 spent on Lord knows what. I'd love to see, love to see the statement. Please forward that to me. Um, this is something else. And we still have, you know, the justice gets, gets done by you. You put out an SOS and everybody calls and continue to do that. If there's a problem, you know, and I also read some of the side notes, Granny, right? Is, you know, then they have to get strip searched. Right. Oh, every time you change locations. Oh, another humiliating strip search. We went through this with Arthur Pavlovsky. Like they treat you like animals. Like and, and it was funny because I was reading the, the notes, you know, between you and Tony and, it, and he made the comment like, don't they trust the other place I just came from? Because the other place I just came from, I've been in jail, <laughs> you know, 660 days. And now you, you got to strip search me because I came from another jail like you know, it, it and segregation. Does, He's not right. even out in out in the public. Oh, it's disgusting. Right, right. 
what what they're having to go through is uh, it's it's very mentally grueling, and yet I hear in Tony's voice, I hear the peace and the calm that only comes through the power of the living God. It can only you can only be this peaceful, and I'm I dare say falsely accused in jail, and you can only be this peaceful when you've got the power of God with you in, in that jail. And that's so neat about the scriptures and uh, that, you know, you're, you're keeping good track of them. You're able to do, you know, they're able to talk to, to the public. Because some people watching right now, this might be the first time they're even hearing about the Coots Boys if they haven't seen, you know, your broadcast on it or, or mine before. They, they might go, what? I didn't know this was happening. Yes, four guys arrested. Four guys, uh, you know, being kept for 682 days and an unfair process happening and some some pretty bad treatment in the middle of it all. So well, people need to ask, you know, just ask the question, why are their stories not allowed to come forward? Why are they keeping them locked up this long? Why is due process not happening? There's four individual men in these remands and they each have their own story, but they don't want those stories coming out. And so that makes me question it right there. Why yeah, don't you want why? it coming out? And and I guess some lawyers have probably made these decisions too, right? Have they? Like lawyers want everyone to be quiet. I mean, a lawyer is a very cautious, they're kind of like accountants in ways. I, I you know, and um, I've known other people just even this last week that I heard uh, that got charges in court and had to dismiss lawyers and act for themselves, literally, because the lawyers were being faithful to their own kind of, you know, standards System. that they don't want to get in trouble. So they're, mm -hmm. They're just, and, and I guess they don't want to be called names because you know what? Not very many people can handle that. We're in a world where being politically correct is everything. So that all my friends love me. So all my colleagues love, well, maybe nobody will ever hire me again if I defend the freedom guy. So they're doing it haphazardly and they're getting money, but maybe not really going the course because their, their own personal reputations are at stake. Right? They would be a hero. If they would step up and do something, they would be a hero. Yes. But they're choosing not to. And when you spend $600,000, something should have happened. Something should have been thrown out. Something should have changed. Not one thing. That's disturbing. Mm. 682 days, mm. $600,000, mm. and nothing's changed? Yeah. Something is just, I don't care if you think these guys are, are flat out guilty. Yeah. You cannot tell me this makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And I think there should be an investigation of some kind. I think you can make, um, there can be things that can be done to kind of do a, an audit of what happened. And then perhaps there can be a, uh, Oh, okay. All right. We'll give you a cut. Maybe give Tony back. Um, I'm going to say $300,000, you know, bare minimum because you did nothing. I, I'm, I'm just so appalled. I, I have a gut feeling right now about that. Um, it's, it's very disturbing to me because I put myself in that position. And if I was ha having to defend myself like this, you want to have something to show for 600 
freaking thousand dollars and there's nothing and he's yeah. got to kind of start again and tony's not an unreasonable guy tony is a very he's very reasonable um he's he's you can really understand when he speaks you know what i mean he's not off on a tangent or anything you know if you just seen some some changes if you just seen something happening then six hundred thousand dollars okay but yeah. when nothing's happened nothing zero yeah unbelievable um thank you so much granny we'll be following please send us a note when there's an emergency and also when we need to pray because yes. we will be praying and my yes. audience will be praying and, uh, and you are you right please pray pray for the judge to yeah. to see and we're not asking anybody to sway anything we're just asking him to yeah. to see the truth yeah yeah amen and thank you laura lynn and thank you for always being here for these guys yeah. they know that uh, you are a voice for them mm -hmm. a voice for the the, the men that don't have a voice, you know, mm -hmm. we are it out here. And so we'll you know what I'm looking forward. forward to? I'm looking forward to the day that we got to have five people on screen, four of them and one of you, and they're all in their living rooms. Amen. Oh my gosh, that, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I know, I did too. I feel it. I feel it right now. I feel goosebumps. Yes, I'm looking oh. forward and we pray for sooner than later. Uh, but God has a way of completing his perfect purpose. And uh, it's taken a long time and it takes mm -hmm. a while sometimes, but let me tell you something about God. The moment that he says, peace be still, it shall be. The moment that he says, this is done, it will be. The moment that God has seen the accomplishment of all purposes, you know, due to this uh, pathetic situation, it shall be over. And Jesus just has to be, you know, get out of the bottom of the boat. He comes up where the storm is raging. He puts his hands out. He says, peace be still. And it is completely still. And that's yes. what God does. And he and does I do it well. Believe yes. We are to learn from this. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what we all need to, to see. We are to learn. And, uh, and they are learning. And we are learning. Mm -hmm. And that is what Canada needs to, to learn. Mm-hmm. This is bigger than big. So it really is. It really is. This whole thing's bigger than we know. We don't even know all the pieces. You know, we're figuring it out, though. Thank you, mm -hmm. Granny. God bless you. Okay. Have a very okay. happy new year, wherever you yes, are, and whatever you're doing. Okay. Okay. Take okay. Care. Love you. Love bye you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is a beautiful lady. Let me tell you, if I'm ever in jail, I hope Granny's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, my husband said might be. I'm always getting in trouble. I do not want to speak that. I do not want to speak that. But, you know, sometimes there's prices that are paid for just having to stand for the truth. And I just admire these guys. Um, I, I pray for them to be out. And I pray that whatever we have to do in our journey in life, uh, where we have to stand strong, that we'll do that. So uh, 160 uh, Christians massacred in northern Nigeria on Christmas Day. Um, coordinated attacks launched during Christmas. So this is, you know, this is heartbreaking, everyone, when we think, oh, you know, we have a lot to deal with. Look at this. Terrorists massacred 160 people, many of them preparing for church Christmas programs Saturday night through Christmas Day in coordinated attacks in predominantly Christian areas in Plateau State, Nigeria. Church pastors were killed. Hundreds of houses were destroyed in the massacres in villages in Barkin Ladi, 
Bocos and Mangu counties. Officials and residents said the assailants killed the Reverend Solomon uh, Gushi of Baptist Church in Dare's village, along with nine of his family members. Oh, God help us, said Bocos County resident. Uh, some pastors were killed, and another pastor and his wife and five children were killed during these attacks. Absolutely terrible. So what does it say there, JT, about who, who did this? Yeah. I mean, I didn't read that, but is there a place... Because, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, before I say something out loud, I'd like to kind of be able to see, like, you know, who who it was. You kind of have your guesses, if y'all follow what I'm saying. Um, so most of the, the people were women, children, and uh, families dismayed. They believe they were carrying out the attack alongside armed Muslims belonging to herdsmen. Okay, so these uh, carried out along armed Muslim herdsmen. Great. Okay, very sad. Sorry, sorry about this uh, very bad world. Um, Christmas was different this year, so I had to write a newsletter. I don't know if any, if you get my newsletter, and I hope you do, and if you don't, please let us know because we'll be happy to send it to you. But uh, one of the things that happened was uh, I had the hardest time, so Dominique, my assistant, she's badgering me and badgering me. Oh, you know, we got to get the... Christmas newsletter, it's supposed to be, you know, cheery. And I'm like, I am so not cheery. I, I'm watching what's happening in Canada and the United States. I'm watching, you know, all, all of these people coming in through the borders in record numbers over the Christmas time. And I'm watching all of these bizarre pro-Palestinian riots uh, getting increasingly more violent in our own country. And I'm thinking, you know, so this is Christmas, Right. Um, I'm, I'm hearing, the, is that the Beatles? Is it the guy that does, so John, this is Chris, John Lennon? Yeah, I'm hearing that in my head, right? John Lennon's words speak to me. Um, and um, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, just to say. My husband was more grew up in the Beatles era. But, um, and you played guitar and all of that. But I, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, fan, but I was like, I could hear that melancholy, so this is Christmas. You know, and what have you done? Is that what it says? Another year older? A new day has begun. I don't know. Am I getting you it right? <laughs> For someone who doesn't like the Beatles, I'm like, yeah. Um, I, I was just sad. I, I, I really was sad. However, I, I will tell you, I had a much better Christmas than I did last year because, um, you know, my family was all together. Uh, we, we gathered with, with loved ones. We were together and exchanged gifts and I got totally blessed. I got this beautiful, um, beautiful gift from my husband. And, uh, so I'm wearing a gift from my son from last year underneath and then a gift from my husband this year. So I'm, I just can't decide on my necklaces. So I just go all out bling bling on, on all of it. Um, it just makes me sad that our country looks like somebody else's hellhole uh, in, in some parts. And I, I don't like it. I don't like what's happening. And I'm having these conversations with a really good Muslim friend of mine that I, I really love him. Um, he's, he's, he's a good man. He says good things. But we see things a little bit different. And I'm, I want to encourage something. We have a lot of people that live here in Canada. We have to have conversations. Jesus is the answer, 
And my Muslim friend is saying that. <clears throat> He's saying, you know, the Jesus, we all love Jesus, he says. <laughs> okay, if we all love Jesus, let's all behave like it, you know? We don't call for the annihilation of a certain people group when we love Jesus. We don't do that. So that needs to stop. Um, so we have some Hamas protesters blocking the road to LAX airport. Is that really this morning, JT? Can you show us that? Well, well, I can show you some Because it was all through Christmas, too. Down there, and you can see actually where the closure is. Now, this is a protest, and this is what they were talking about. LAXPD and also LAPD down there in force. Now, this group right here, you can see they've been getting hold of uh, the barricades. They've been taking a whole, getting hold of pretty much anything they can, and they're putting it out into the roadway, stopping traffic coming right. from in and out of Biggest LAX travel right day, you know, after Boulevard. Christmas, everyone's Obviously going home. I can't tell you what the protest is about. But you can see a number of them down there, and that's going to be LAPD. Now, LAXPD has been put out of notice, basically saying if you're making your way over to LAX today for any of these flights to use anything but Century Boulevard. You can come in through uh, Sepulveda Boulevard, make your way over to Arva Vida, and then over to airport. There are other ways to get in and out of the airport besides Century Boulevard, but you can see Century Boulevard closed right now. LAPD out here, they can see some of their officers right there. There's a couple of other ones here. Now, are they going to use force to bring these uh, protesters Okay. Uh, to get them out of the way. So another, so it's you, not just the LAX sort of airport. Going on. They it's also JFK airport in, uh, in New York. So here's JFK airport. People are getting out and walking to the airport so they can make their make their flight. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> with this mask on. <laughs> you gotta laugh. Oh, New Yorkers, you know they're all really left leaning. <laughs> they're still worried and they're wearing their masks. Okay, I'll get over that part. Um, so when they're talking about from the river to the sea, they're basically saying, you know, we're it's going to be all Palestinians, right? And wipe wipe out the Jews. This is a, a call for antifada. What JT? Right. Oh, people with the luggage walking right through. Yeah. Oh, he he wanted, he said. Right. Oh, right. This guy walks right underneath it, eh? They're just like, yeah, out of my way. <laughs> see how mad they look. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely. Like, what I wonder is, do these do these guys think this is going to like they're here, they're in the United States, they're probably Democrats, and they're in a Democratic state, and everyone's turning against them. And from what I understand too, I saw some stuff that, uh, and I was posting on my uh, Twitter account. A lot of stuff, like even the the New York police are now calling in extra help. They're they're upgrading the terror level, basically. Against who? Against the Palestinian protesters, because they're getting more and more violent. So, you know, it's it's just all so interesting, isn't it? Um, 
Now, I want to show you an IDF soldier detailing how much relief money Hamas spends on war making instead of helping their people. They get a lot of money, just so you know. Hamas gets millions, billions of dollars. And what do they do with it? Take a look. This is day 77 in the Hamas-Israel war. I've been fighting in the IDF for 77 days now. I left my family, that include a wife and three kids at home. And at this moment, I'm stationed in the southern part of Gaza Strip. And that's all I can say. I wanted to give you an update and a look at the combat environment that me and the rest of the fellow soldiers of the IDF here are dealing with every day. Because you give support and love that allow me to move forward in this difficult situation. We are fighting an enemy that does not dare to show up for a face-to-face -face battle and operates in a cowardly, exploitative and selfish fighting style. We are dealing with a very extensive underground system with combat trenches and fortified bunkers. This is an amount paid to the battalions to cover the expenses of the production of doors and concrete during the year of 2022, last year. The expenses exceed $1 million and attached is an image of the report. The amount are shown as follows. Total expenses of the first half are around $600,000 and total expenses for the second half were close to $400,000. Total amount, more than $1 million. A million dollars that did not go to the residents of the Gaza Strip, but to a terror organization to build underground terror tunnels that are used now against me and against my fellow soldiers. An entity that operates like this takes the money from its own civilians in order to conduct additional terror attacks and military operations against Israel should not exist. This is an evil ideology that spreads from Iran to its proxies around the Middle East that include Hezbollah, that include Hamas, and includes the Houthis in Yemen. We need your help. We, Israel, need your help in sharing the truth of what is happening here. Listen, I think it's very crucial that you will know what's going on inside the Gaza Strip firsthand. So how I'm finding out about um, about what's going on moment by moment is following um, Amir Sarfati, and I've gotten better at saying his name. And uh, um, I also, you know, like following people on uh, Twitter who are, you know, showing, <clears throat> and then I take it all. And I just put it all on my Twitter. So follow me. You'll get a lot of information. Everything that's kind of happening moment by moment, even uh, tragedies, you know, when there are uh, people gunned down, um, you know, in these wars that are that are on the right side of this war. Laura Loomer on my share here uh, reports that right here on Christmas Day, teen tourists stabbed by deranged stranger at Grand Central who shouted, I want all the white people dead on Christmas. Oh, well, maybe she just saw the Obama movie that's spreading that propaganda. Maybe that's one of the reasons. So that's pretty sad in, in, in one of these places. Some other things, um, 
you know, Eva uh, Vlardingerbroek uh, that I just recently interviewed, I did pretty good with that name, AJT. She was uh, reporting on the, um, so the 100 Christians slaughtered by Islamic terrorists in Nigeria. She was reporting on that. And this is very, oh, Lord Jesus. You know, so these are the people slaughtered by Islamic terrorists on innocent Jews, unprovoked, innocent Christians, unprovoked, on the holiest day of the year, basically. Thank you for finishing my sentence when I can't speak. Um, oh, Lord God. So, uh, I, I just, I don't have a lot of sympathy for people saying, um, you know, some of these ridiculous things. Um, now, uh, just in the pro-Palestine protesters, what did they do? Right, they went to Secretary of, De Def Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's home on Christmas morning to wake him up. Now he would be a Democrat, would he, JT? <laughs> so, you know, um, nothing like watching the left tear themselves apart is what what this uh, you know ex Twitter dude, um, this exer, uh, was saying. So look at all of these people. So imagine that you're in the the Democrats. First of all, you've let all these people in. Um, you have supported this, you know, oh, we're, our diversity is better. And now you've got all these people showing up at your house on, uh, on Christmas morning, celebrating Palestinian freedom. And, you know, these people's voices too, like there's something so very annoying about them. Um, Okay, let me see. There was uh, Nigeria. This was Nigeria again. So um, anti-Israel protesters shutting down Chadstone Shopping Center on Boxing Day. This is in Australia. So these Palestinian protesters across the world um, really inconveniencing everyone. And I sure do wonder if this is uh, going to you know, bring any, you know, empathy to them? I, I don't think so. And let's not forget how many people have actually been killed in other wars. I mean, I, I did a screenshot. Somebody reported on the, the number of people killed. Uh, where was that? Okay, so 500,000. Uh, so Muslims killed basically other Muslims um, and Christians. 500,000 they killed in Syria. Muslims killed 380,000 in Yemen. They've killed 240,000 in Afghanistan. They've killed 500,000 in Sudan and 300,000 in Iraq. This is Muslims have killed all, all, all of these people. But there's no mass protests in European capitals, no outrage, no ceasefire demands. No UN condemnations, nobody cares, is what this writer says. And I'll put this up. This is on my Twitter anyways. Share it, share it. All of these people are protesting now because it's the Jews. This is pure anti-Semitism. And they, they have a number and a figure that they're saying that Israel has killed in, uh, you know, in the Gaza area. 
And my question A is, what are any civilians doing in that Gaza area? Uh, Israel is now very strategic, very strategic in where they are bombing. And they're bombing the Hamas, you know, strongholds where they've got their equipment, where they're hiding. They're going after them in these tunnels that they've spent, you know, millions and billions of dollars to make these all these tunnels instead of helping the Gaza people. And so now that Israel can absolutely no longer tolerate a, a two-state two consideration, because guess what you had on October 6th? You had Gaza, you had most of the West Bank, but you won't accept that as a, a two-state uh, Palestinian you know, land. No, because you just want Israel. And who won't take in the Palestinians? Jordan. Lebanon, Egypt, Syria, nobody wants them. Says they're all a lot of trouble. We just had an interview uh, last week with a lady explaining the history of, of how when they go somewhere, they just make trouble. The Palestinians, derived from the Philistines. It's in the name. And Hamas means violence in Hebrew. So... So all, all of this, and now they're just bringing it, you know, across. And uh, then we've got some stuff going on. Ukraine launches, uh, December 26th, yesterday, uh, Ukraine launches attack against Russia, destroying the, a Russian warship, basically, in Crimea. The Ukraine has taken responsibility for the attack, claiming the ship was completely destroyed. Um, it's 360 feet long and had the ability to transport, I think, 10 tankers or something like that. Um, so clearly, uh, the Ukraine and the Russian thing is going on. We don't hear as much about it, but you know, um, let's let's run that clip you have, JT. You have um, well, yeah, Father Edward Beck on CNN. JT, do you have this one saying that Jesus was a Palestinian? So a lot of people very outraged right now about this. Take a look. The story of Christmas is about a Palestinian Jew. Now, how often do you find those words put together? A Palestinian Jew born into a time when his country was occupied, right? They can't find a place for her to even give birth, his mother. They're homeless. They eventually have to flee as refugees into Egypt, no less. I mean, you can't make up the parallels to our current world situation right now. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. So put my share up. Um, a non-Jewish Jesus would not fulfill the required messianic prophecies. And, you know, as a priest, <laughs> in your little soft-spoken way, I might add, just beautiful. Um, a non-Jewish Jesus would not fulfill the required messianic prophecies of Genesis 17:19. You can freeze-frame this if you want to look it up, everyone. Genesis 21:12 of Isaac. Numbers 24:17 of Jacob. Genesis 49:10 of the tribe of Judah, 2 Samuel 7, uh, verse 12 and 13, of, um, and Isaiah 9, and, uh, 9, verse 7, house of David, Psalms 110, 4, priest of the order of Melchizedek. That's a fascinating uh, study. Jesus was a Jew. What's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, Melchizedek, because I grew up. Yeah, he was commenting on my pronunciation of Melchizedek, because that's a word I've heard since I was a kid. Because as a Christian, you're taught the word, right? I, I went to Sunday school. I went to a Christian school as well. Uh, we've, we've had, and then after that, I took, you know, Bible studies, a lot of them um, done by my mom. My mom was just such a Bible scholar. And my father, they just loved the word. And so I, I learned these words. The priest and the order of Melchizedek, and that is something that's coming back. And I would love to have, do you know who I'd love to have is Lance Wall now on to describe to us about Melchizedek, because he does an excellent study on it. So, yeah. So the IDF soldiers, I did get a real kick out of this, uh, saying Hebrew prayers in a mosque. So they've, of course, they're over there in Gaza, and they're now doing the Hebrew prayers right in the mosque. So they're, they're desecrating by worshiping God. <laughs> you know and uh, I think that's awesome I just do I don't know how to get around that and this guy like what a freak saying Jesus is a Palestinian I'm sorry so wrong so did you see the way he's like you know how many times do you put that together you know that Jesus was a Palestine well you really don't okay because that's ridiculous Right? Let's understand Palestine, um, they named it Palestina 70 or 80 years after Jesus had died. They named it Palestina. Why? To offend the Jews. They named it after the Philistines, right? And so it's Israel. Jesus was a Jew, fulfilling many prophecies. Crazy, crazy guys out there. You give us a good laugh. All right. So now, interestingly, uh, which do I do? A couple different things. Well, let's just do some little Canadian politics here. Um, a lot of dead people seem to donate to the NDP. Oh, junk meat. That's like you're so popular that dead people donate to you, right? So I guess what's happened is that They've been kind of doing a little investigation on the fact that maybe it's coming through cer certain lawyers um, or, you know, but they've, you know, they're handling their estate, I don't know, but downloading all the contributions data made to BC political parties since 2005. Um, anyways, they know that there's dead people and the dead people are just they love the NDP. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> you know, the last thing I'm going to be donating to when I die is a political party. I think the end of my political uh, contributions will be maybe, you know, the last election that I'm alive for, but it certainly will not be. Look at this, $1,000, all of these people, they're dead. Oh, just a crime scene. What does that say? A crime scene of financial abuse. <laughs> No kidding. All right. Well, BC NDP, we'll, we'll figure out how that uh, works out in the wash anyways. All right. Um, and then Pierre Polyev's wife um, stating in French, am I, am I going to need to read this or is this, uh, it's, short. it's short and it's, and the guy tells you what, what it's, it's being said. Graphic, it's quite graphic. Um, this is regarding Pierre Polyev's wife uh, and her position on abortion. Take a look. Take a look at this young, attractive, and smart-looking woman. I bet she is not what you thought of when you think of a social justice warrior. 
This lady is the successful wife of Conservative Party of Canada leader Pierre Polyev. Pierre Polyev is running to be the next Prime Minister of Canada. Anita Polyev, Pierre Polyev's wife, recently said that her values consist of abortion. Her values. It sounds like she's trying to make abortion a virtue. Now, abortion is the practice of dismembering an unborn baby limb by limb, which has zero restrictions in Canada up until and including partial birth abortions. That means a nine-month-old baby that is halfway from being born could be killed. And it happens here in Canada. Take a listen to her latest interview in which she describes this, that her values consist of abortion. Take a look. Sur la question de l'avortement, elle dit que la position du couple Poilièvre est claire. Pas question de rouvrir ce débat. On est proche, on veut prendre un temps là-dessus. Moi, je suis une femme ici du Québec, j'ai grandi ici, puis ça fait partie de mes valeurs. So everything she just said was in French, but translated to English, what she said was that uh, her values consist of abortion. Hmm. Well, I think that, uh, you know, JT behind the scenes here, he's saying, you know, well, we, we know she's going to be pro-abortion because... Here's pro-abortion. They've never made any, you know, bones about that. And I, I always think that what what is it that brings a nation into judgment by God? What is that? Is it um, is it just sin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is it when you don't respect life and you don't honor his gift of life and you hurt the most vulnerable people? of our society that are in a, a womb? I think so. Now, the Lord is so forgiving. And there's going to be many incredible, I have friends who've had abortions. Um, I know that they have been wounded and in regret their entire lives. And I can't wait to be there in heaven when there's a reunion between that mom and her baby because that baby's soul never got to live here on earth but that baby's soul came about i believe at conception when that little spark happened a little baby soul came down from heaven and went into the tummy of that mom and she made a decision then to end the pregnancy and it's been a deep regret and for all of those who struggle with that, I just want you to know something, that God loves you and he's forgiven you. And your baby gets to be a, be a person forever in eternity. And there's going to be an incredible reunion because of God's forgiveness for you and your baby's soul sealed in heaven. But Pierre Polyev and his wife are leaders in the nation, our nation. And when you lead a nation into absolutely accepting abortion, into considering it as a, like, as he said, like a virtue, it's, it's one of my values, you know, and isn't she pretty? What a beautiful woman she is. Just so beautiful. Um, and a mother, right? So one of her values is abortion, like as if it's, something you should be proud of. Well, my, my value is life. My value is the preservation of life. And I won't back down from that. And I do believe that the moment that baby comes and is knit in the womb. In fact, the word says 
this. It's so powerful. The Bible says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So you know how you're a bit hard-headed and stubborn? You know how you're like that? God knew you before. He was crafting and molding who that soul would be, who that person would be before he placed them in the mom's womb. You know how you're you're a little bit, uh, you got a really funny sense of humor. You can make people laugh. God knew you'd be like that. You know how you're outgoing? Or maybe you're an introvert. God knew you would be like that. And he created you before he formed you in his mother's, in your mother's womb. And then when, when you were placed there, when the, the consummation um, act, act happens, the baby comes, and there you are. And you're given this opportunity for life. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. So what causes a nation to be under judgment? Because as I've been struggling with my feelings of, you know, feeling that Christmas was unusual this year and it was hard to, like I had to just really do some exercises and some real prayers in order to feel the joy because of what was happening in our nation and other places. Um, I was thinking about like how how do we please God as a nation? How do we rise above as a nation? What do we do? What makes God mad? What makes God angry? I think it's when there's no defense of of the the most vulnerable. When there's no defense or will, there's no will to defend. There's not even the fight for it. We've become that nation. We don't understand who we are or how we were formed or who formed us as a nation, as in the, the people that started our culture that is founded on biblical principles because they were Christians. They were not Sikh. The founders of our nation were not Muslims. They were not Sikh. They were Christians. And even atheists have to acknowledge that it's awesome to live in a country where because of Christian values, you therefore believe in freedom of the, the sovereign being. Because you don't get to tell me my choices in, in how I live. I, I get that right because I'm a sovereign being. Do you know how incredible you are? You were created to have the ability to choose however you want to live, whether you receive God or whether you reject him. It's all on you. That's how powerful you are. It's not up to a government to tell you how to think. But what a government does is they fashion some parameters based on the core values of a nation. The core values, the belief systems that founded our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That's why the sovereignty of God is there. Because as the Honorable Brian Peckford says, they all believed in God sitting around that table. Even the, the ill-thought-of uh, leaders of that time. Wasn't it, was it Trudeau Sr. that was with Brian Peckford? Or Moroni? I'm not sure either. I'm sorry. I will get that from Brian. The next time he's on, we'll ask. But I thought that he was actually sitting. and Or um, Chen. I don't know. So, so the thing is, is under the sovereignty of God, we have these values. It's not the Hindu God. 
It's not the Sikh God, and it, I'm sorry, it's not the Muslim God. It's under the Christian God. We designed our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which give you the freedom to be any religion you want, which give you the freedom to be an atheist. And how I know this is that countries that are founded under Muslim rule, let's say, you don't have the freedom to think anything you want. You can't even be an atheist. They'll throw you off buildings in some parts of these countries. You have to be Muslim or you're persecuted as Christians in these parts or you're killed as they did on Christmas Day in Nigeria. That's the beauty of our Christian nation. And even if you don't value being Christian and you don't go to church and you no longer value all of that, one thing that we've lost is understanding that the reason we have the freedom to do whatever the heck we want to do is because we were founded in a Christian nation. And my sadness is that we're going to have Pierre Polyev very soon. He's going to be our leader. And our leader is once again going to be pretty godless. I have no idea what he thinks except to pay lip service to Christians. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about you. So will our country come out from underneath the judgment that, that we're under right now? Nope. Because we will vote in another godless leader. And I get it. We just have to get rid of Trudeau. I get it. But we still keep compromising. And we don't vote in someone. We use our voice. And by our, I'm going to have to probably say maybe yours because it's not mine. <laughs> Don't hang up. <laughs> but uh, I won't be voting for the CPC. Just won't. But you have the freedom to make your vote count. And we are, it looks like we're going to have a Pierre Polyev pro-abortion person running our country that will do nothing about that and frankly is totally supportive of the Ukraine war and um, other things the, the climate agenda so hopefully we do have a better year or two ahead of us um, once some changes are made but what takes a country out of the judgment from under the judgment of God, because I believe we're in judgment. I do. I feel it. We're seized. And I think it's worse than we know. But God is with us. So a couple of closing things. Um, Texas Attorney General, uh, Attorney General sues Pfizer. This is kind of good news for misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccine. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has sued Pfizer for unlawfully misrepresenting the effectiveness of the company's COVID-19 vaccine and attempting to censor public discussion of the product. Pfizer engaged in false, deceptive, and misleading acts and practices by making unsupported claims regarding the company's COVID-19 vaccine in violation of the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. The pharmaceutical company's um, widespread well, I'll just read this next part right here. Um, widespread representation that its vaccine possessed 95% efficacy against, against the infection was highly misleading. 
That metric represented a calculation of the so-called relative risk reduction for vaccinated individuals in Pfizer's initial two-month clinical trials result, results. So I think it's good news that in actual fact, while Pfizer, while Moderna, and all of these, um, these, these vaccine companies that have hurt so many, thousands, thousands dead, thousands and thousands are dead. There's no denying this. Excess deaths up everywhere. People dropping dead, days, sometimes days, you know, and, and certain amounts of time after getting this shot, they're gone. And them basically having this ability to escape all accountability. Well, it's all coming home. All right. Um, now, I told you that I saw the, the hidden, um, well, I saw the movie, Leave the World Behind. And there's uh, an article that basically showed some real hidden symbolisms um, to leaving the world behind. So if you kind of just scroll down there a little bit, JT. Um, so don't go too, too fast. Is there a picture where it shows the 666? Yeah, okay, so this is good, right here. Um, so there's a six on the, the mug on the side of the bed, then there's a six on the clock, and uh, another six uh, on the other clock, basically. So interesting that there's 666. Now this, this article, so we should put it in the description, I think. Um, first of all, as a person who loves a good movie and, you know, I, I enjoy like a really well put together, I can't barely watch anything anymore. There's too much swearing and sexual content that is just so meaningless and disturbing and disgusting. Um, you just, there's nothing good to watch. So, you know, I was trying to watch a movie yesterday and I turned the, I just turned the whole thing off. I couldn't even finish and I, I got to the end and Something I voted it. it. I know, I know you told me not to. Um, cause he said from the description, it's probably not, but I really, really liked, I got fooled again, but I really, really liked, you know, a couple of the characters that have been in other things. And I thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's not so bad. No, it's just terrible. I find, I just, you know, shut it off. And it defiled my space way too much. And um, I'm not going to watch crap. It just, it just steals your joy. But um, this you have to see. Like the, I don't know if you can go down a little bit more again. Because the Obamas, they really invested in this. They said a lot of things. And in fact, by the end of this, one of the things that is really uh, being stated is that even the directors of the movies felt like um, like something was wrong, uh, like the, like that the Obama seemed to have information that made it seem even more scary than the movie was presenting a doomsday movie where there's no way out, um, everything's being blown up, and you know Tesla's crashing, um, cyber attacks right across the country. Uh, and then Obama was basically saying to them, well, yeah, no, you're kind of off on this. This is kind of what's going to happen and, or what could happen. I'm sure he said what could happen. And it was even worse. So I do, I do say to you and your families that having sort of an emergency plan in the event that there's suddenly no communication, I think it's a good idea. Not saying it's going to happen. Just saying, it's a really good idea. It's something that you should keep your your sights on, right? 
And let me just check uh, before I let you go a little bit more if there's anything I wanted to you to see. Um, so the New York, um, if you put this on, currently the New York Police Department has requested a level three mobilization for a large protest that was happening in Manhattan, New York. And uh, you can see that there's a lot of angst and upset by what is going on here. All right. Um, Peter McCullough, go to my website. There's a lot there. So in, this is also now saying um, that there are people marching in Gaza that want to be set free from Hamas. And I really appreciated this other guy. Maybe I can get um, this. Uh, I, I appreciate Rebel News calling for deporting Hamas. Those that support these sick people. You know what? Maybe you'll have to go be with them. Um, a little Trump train going on. Uh, there's a lady yeah, quoting from the Bible. She's an atheist. An atheist Zionist. Okay. Uh, I wanted to show you a guy who's basically... So what is this? Oh, a lot of good things in the world, too. This is... Um, Christians in Hot Springs, Arkansas, gathered at a high school football stadium, worshiping God. Look at that. See, doesn't it look clean? It looks nice. Isn't there a difference between some of this stuff and some of the other visuals that we're seeing? Um, this was interesting. Basically, um, suddenly we discovered that Gaza, which is inhabited by 2 million people, has 36 hospitals. There are Arab countries with 30 million citizens, and they do not have this number of hospitals. Suddenly, we discovered that Gaza was getting water, electricity, gas, and fuel for free from Israel. And, of course, there is no Arab citizen who does not pay water, electricity, and fuel bills. Suddenly, we discovered that Gaza was receiving 30 million a month from Qatar, 120 million a month from UNRWA. 50 million a month from the European Union, 30 million dollars a month from America. There are Arab countries drowning in debt and cannot find anyone to help them, even with 1 million dollars. And suddenly we discover that Gaza was not besieged and all goods were entering it, as were foreigners and people of foreign nationalities. Its residents were traveling to Egypt and from there to the rest of the world, and FAFO is the biggest example, whatever that is. Suddenly we discovered that Gaza was living better than many Arab countries and its people were living better than many Arab peoples. Suddenly we discovered that our minds were besieged by a programmed lie by the Muslim Brotherhood media. And that's the reality, is that in the wake of all of this, we see that what they did, what they did was they... Um, they lost so much on October 7th. They lost so much on October 7th. And so that's been a bit of the sadness for me, trying to figure out where I fit in the middle of all of this. So I've kept you a long time. I'm going to let you go. Um, my website is laurelin.tv. Thank you so much for your support, for your kindness to us. Thank you for 
uh, watching the show and tuning in. Uh, I just pray that God will help us to to really be honed in, zoned in on his presence, his power in 2024, that his, his promises to us are going to be incredible. And that's what we're going to be covering because I'm hearing that we might have a bit of trouble with, you know, the CRTC clamping down on some of us independent broadcasters. So JT and I have been talking about how we might circumvent that, should that ever happen. You know they hate us. Like, literally, the information I give you is hated by the powers, right? Political powers, uh, those that don't agree with our perspective, absolutely hate us. So we can't survive without you. I want you to know how important you are to us. I really mean it. It means so much. Some of you have donated literally even on Christmas Day. Thank you. Some of you uh, took time. We didn't even have shows on Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Like we had a little bit of a break. And you took time to donate to us on those days. I guess you were watching old broadcasts. It means the world to us. We can't do this without you. When you donate to us, first of all, you do get an income tax receipt because we are a charitable organization. And I'm very grateful for that. I got gifted with a charity many years ago, and it fell under everything I do, which is to, to spread the gospel in the marketplace. I have marketplace ministry, spreading the gospel, talking about Jesus, what a difference Jesus makes. When you help us to do this, you are getting information out to your fellow Canadians and to your fellow uh, citizens of the world, because we have people tuning in from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Paraguay, we've got people that tune in from all kinds of places saying hello every day, and we appreciate you. And when you donate, you help us. And once in a while, we get this U.S. check, which I want all my U.S. viewers, I want you to know something, means a lot. Because why? Well, uh, when we get like 200 bucks from you, that's like getting $1,000 Canadian. All right, so it's just awesome. <laughs> so we appreciate it. Um, and we appreciate your spirit and the heart with which you do it. Thank you. Thank you that you helped us do this this year. We're just going to keep going in faith and pray that God helps us through you, through your support, your finances, your prayers, your kindness, your love, that we can do this all through 2024 because that's what we want. And in fact, um, I've been speaking to somebody about an opportunity to go on Daystar in Canada, and I feel that it's too expensive for us right now. But can you imagine a half hour on television so that we can re reach, uh, you know, the, the crowd that likes TV only, and they're not really, you know, um, watching, watching the Internet. You know, um, some people like to just sit there, and they record their shows, and they've, they've got it there. I think it's cool. Um, there's a there's a whole audience that needs what we have to say that's only on television, not on the internet, that we'd like to reach. It's um it's a lot for us to do that. So that would be a real step of faith. And if there's anyone out there who wants to begin donating to help us to get onto a new platform to reach more people, awesome. If if the Lord lays that on your heart. So my email for email transfer is Live at protonmail.com. JT's just gonna put that right up on the screen. And also what we have is uh, our, um, we have snail mail as well, which is box 
184 in New Westminster, V3M0A7. Meets the world. Thank you so, 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 so very much. And as we leave, I want you to know something that this greatest story ever told, that story of Jesus coming into the world, the fulfillment of Jesus' life in our you know, in our world, what does it mean to us now that Jesus um, came to the world and that he gave up being the prince over everything in heaven to come down and to be a pauper and to be a person and a human being to give it all up? He did it for us. He did it so that because of this child, there would be a beautiful, beautiful so, um, in Luke 2, this is what I read on Christmas Day. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. Do you know that that's why Jesus ended up in Bethlehem? Bethlehem, not even considered part of Israel, by the way. Shouldn't Bethlehem be part of Israel? Well... There was a lot more land that should probably be attributed to Israel, but Israel has accepted their area. Does not include Bethlehem, surprisingly. So Joseph had to take Mary and his his baby that he, he that they were expecting, which was not Joseph's baby, and he had to take on an awful lot, if you can imagine that your girlfriend that you're engaged to says, oh, by the way, I'm having a child. And I just, you know, I just want you to know this baby's from an angel. And he's like, yeah, right. And Joseph had to consider if he would put her away, he would literally let her go. Like, break up quietly so she doesn't get stoned. Because in those days, if you're sleeping around, you're going to get stoned in this the town square he wanted to protect her and just put her away quietly because she obviously cheated on him so God sent an angel to Joseph to let him know this child that Mary had this is a child from me and you are to love her protect her and you know it was scandalous because before they could even really marry get married Mary begins to show and that's scandalous so all of her life they considered Jesus illegitimate because people in the town rumbling you know everyone knows little cute tiny Mary has suddenly got a little tummy and Joseph has to bite his tongue what's he gonna say to everyone no yes Mary's pregnant but it's not mine I <laughs> can't say anything right they were in such a juxtaposition is that a good way to put it JT they were in a juxtaposition where they had this amazing miracle happening and Joseph was from the town of Bethlehem and you know those scriptures that I referred to earlier in the show about how Jesus couldn't be he's not a Palestinian Jesus was from the lineage of King David because Joseph was in the lineage of King David. And in order for the Messiah to come, 
the Messiah was prophesied to come through the line of David. And Joseph and David's city were Bethlehem. And that's why Jesus is the promised Messiah. And he's real. He's the real deal. God bless. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked. And we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.